All right. Well, guys, as we've been doing, um, as we study these, these books, Malachi, a little easier than last week. Last week we had 14 chapters, this week just four to cover. Um, but uh, the book of Malachi was written about 100 years after the Jews returned from exile from Babylon. Uh, so the Jews come back, and they come back. Uh, the temple has been rebuilt, but everything's not okay. Everything's not okay. The, the Jews are, are, are disappointed and they're, they're grumbling at God because everything's not the way that they hoped it would be. Right? They hoped that they were coming back to a restored kingdom uh, and, and they were actually looking for the Messiah. So they, they're like, everything's going to be restored. Everything's going to be right. And so the Jews are grumbling. They're not happy. God is grumbling. He's not happy because he figured, listen, after 70 years in captivity, these people's hearts would be changed. They show up and guess what? This generation is every bit as unfaithful as as the previous one, right? And so in the book of Malachi, what we have is, is kind of these arguments between God and his people. Uh, we're going to call them uh, exchanges or discussions. And we've got six of them, and, and that's kind of really what, what happens. But I want you to know there's one major theme found and interwoven into all of them. And I believe this is, this is in my heart. I think this is the theme of the book of Malachi. Uh, it's that God wants our very best. That God wants our very best. If you were going to ask me, Pastor, how would you summarize the book of Malachi? What does it really all boil down to? And I think it's this. I think it boils down to uh, giving to God what He deserves. Right? That's what Malachi is really all about. Giving to God what He deserves. Uh, that, that's what these back and forth exchanges are. And I hope you see that in, in, in them. We're going to fly through them, by the way. This is, this is just a summary of them. But here's kind of how they go. So exchange number one, uh, God points to the sin of the people and, and their lack of love for Him. And, and He says, yet yeah, I still love you. Right? Then the people respond to God and they're like, oh, Really? Right? How, how have you shown us any love? Like, they're like, it's not all right. Everything's not... Like, how have you shown us love? And God responds to them, hello, I chose you. I, I chose Jacob's family over Esau's family. I picked you. What do you mean, how have I shown you love, you stubborn... Anyway, so, so that's kind of the, the first exchange, right? Then the second exchange, God says, yet... In spite of me choosing you, uh, you despise me. And you guys defile my temple. To which they respond, how? how? How are we defiling your temple? God says, well, you're bringing in lame animals and you've got a bunch of lame priests that are offering these lame sacrifices to me and it's not okay. And this is the beginning of God's key argument for the book of Malachi. Is that what they're presenting unto God is unworthy of him. Right? That God deserves better than this. And this is kind of the premise of the book. Third exchange, God says, uh, well, here's uh, what you've done. He says, you've turned against me. And you've even turned against your own wives. They say, again, how have we done that? And God says, well, you, you've done it by uh, divorcing your wives and remarrying foreign women. And now you're worshiping their gods, little g, gods. That's what you're doing, Right? Leads to the fourth exchange. The fourth exchange, they say, oh yeah? Well, well, uh, 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 well, well, where's the justice you promised us? To which God says it's coming. Man, a, a prophet is coming to prepare the way for the Messiah and to get your messed up hearts right. And that's followed by the fifth exchange, which is really a plea from God. 
Again, we, we, we've heard this throughout almost every minor prophet, it seems, where God says, return back to me. Return back to me. And they say, well, how do we return back to you, God? And God's response, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Not the half-hearted tithe, not the lame kind of tithe that you're bringing, not the lease that you can technically get away with tithe. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, which leads to the final exchange where the people say, well, forget that, it's pointless. And God says, are you sure? Because I'm keeping a book of the names of the faithful, so you might just want to reconsider. Right? So you might just want to reconsider. And again, through these six exchanges, there's this thread that God is saying, I deserve better than this. I am God. I deserve better than this. Right? And so what I want to do is, is talk to you about the four reasons in Malachi that God basically says that he deserves our best, right? That he deserves our best. So four reasons that God deserves our best. Here's the first. I want you to know that God wants our very best or deserves our very best, however you want to put that down. God wants our very best because he's God and we owe him reverence. That's the first reason. Because he's God, right? He's the creator of the heavens and earth. He's the reason that we have life and breath. He's the one that holds everything together, even when you don't think it's all uh, going so great. There's a God sitting on the throne, and that's why you have breath in your lungs, as we sang about. So the first reason he wants our very best is because he's God, and, and uh, we owe him reverence. So uh, chapter 1 lines this out. Malachi 1, 6 through 7 uh, says, and I'm going to use this scripture twice, by the way. I want you to notice the blue highlight here. That's my emphasis. It says, a son honors his father and a servant his master. But if I'm father, where's my honor? It says, and if I am master, where's your fear of me? Right? If I'm your master, where is your fear of me, says the Lord of armies, to you priests who despise my name? Yet you ask, how have we despised your name? God says, by presenting defiled food on my altar. He explains in verse 8, when you present a blind animal for sacrifice, is it not wrong? And when you present a lame or a sick animal, is it not wrong? God says, bring it to your governor. Would he be pleased with you or show you favor? Ask the Lord of armies. And so God, again, his main point of emphasis here is like, guys, look at what you're giving me. Man, you are giving me table scraps. When it comes to sacrifice, you're purchasing cheap, blind, and lame animals that you wouldn't even eat on your table. And you're bringing that to me? Saying, saying hey God, we love you. We worship you. And, and what he points out, and this is why I say, listen, the first reason that we have to bring our very rest is he's God. Because he, he immediately points to government. He says, you wouldn't bring that to your local government. You, you wouldn't, they, they would reject you. And he says, yet here I am, the governor of heaven and earth. And this is what you bring unto me. And guys, that, that's something that should make us hit the pause button for a moment, right? I, I know we live in an interesting world and we have different systems than they had during these times. But sometimes I, I think of the taxes that we would offer up to our government. And now listen, we do it begrudgingly. But then when it comes to what we give unto the Lord, 
we also do that begrudgingly, and it's a whole lot less than what we pay to the government oftentimes, right? And I just wonder if there's a present-day application for our hearts when we read this book of Malachi, right? So the first reason God wants our very best is because he's God and we owe him reverence. The second reason, though, he wants our very best is because he's our father and we owe him honor. Because he's our father and we owe him honor. Same verse, I'm going to emphasize a different part. Uh, Malachi 1, 6 and 7. A son honors his father and a servant his master. But if I am father, God says, where is my honor? Where is my honor? And listen, what God is clearly doing here is pointing to the law which they say that they believe and they're upholding, right? Uh, because what, is the, what does it say in the Ten Commandments? In Exodus twenty twelve, it says, Honor your father and your mother so that you may have a long life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So honor is a huge part of what they're supposed to do, right? And so, so listen, God's saying, listen, uh, you need to give me your best and you need to give me your best because I'm your father, right? And, and so just from a biblical perspective, uh, I, I'm in a position over you, right? And, and you, should, you should give me honor. You should give me honor. So that, that's one reason. But, but Jesus kind of lays out even a better reason in the New Testament. Matthew 7, 9 through 11. He says, Who among you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And so this point, when we say God wants our very best because he's our father, we owe him honor, it's really twofold. One, right, we, we owe him honor just as our father, but two, two, right, we owe him honor because he's a good father. Because he's a father that provides for every need that we have, right? Uh, how many of you in here are, are, have been blessed to be dads so far, right? Blessed, Okay. Any, anybody a father of slightly older children now? Dads of older children? Okay. So here's the thing, right? When our kids were young, it was really, really cute when on Father's Day they brought home that little macaroni necklace. You guys remember that? It's made out of like ziti noodles or whatever. They colored them with markers and necklace and like, oh, you're a king. Like, like that was really cute uh, for my four-year-old. My 16-year-old on Father's Day gives me a macaroni necklace, I'm going, come on, homie, right? Like, you, you, you have money, I put gas in your car, I pay your insurance, I pay for your cell phone, like, that, like mac macaroni, ugly tie, right? What, what are we, what, what are you doing? And, that, and that's not, like, trying to pick on, but I'm setting you up. This came up in staff meeting. I'll give Franklin Carr credit for the macaroni necklace. Yeah. When it comes to God, as grown-ups, sometimes what we're presenting to him as our father, as our father, listen, who has provided everything we have, right? We, we don't have a single cent in the bank that's not from his hand, right? The roof over our head, gift from him. The car that we drove to get here, gift from him. The breath in our lungs, all from him. And we're still bringing God as grown-ups Macaroni necklaces and ugly ties. That's the point God's making. And God's going, hey, is that really what you think of me? Is that really what I deserve? Okay? So we, 
owe God our very best. He wants our very best, right? Because he's God. He wants our very best because he's Father. Third reason he wants our very best that's lined out in the book of Malachi is that he wants our very best because he's given us his very best. God wants our very best because he has given us his very best. Let's look at uh, chapter 3, verse 1. Chapter 3, verse 1, and the word of the Lord says this, says, see, I'm going to send my messenger, and he will clear the way before me. Then the Lord you seek will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant you delight in. See, he is coming, says the Lord of armies. Two messengers mentioned here, one with a little m, speaking of John the Baptist, says he is going to clear the way before me. Right? He's also mentioned in chapter 4 as he's going to turn the hearts of children to their fathers and fathers to their children. That's, that's, that's the little M messenger, John the Baptist. But then God says, see, the capital M messenger of the covenant you delight in. He is coming. The capital M is talking about Jesus. The messenger of the new covenant is coming. And who is that messenger? We find out in the Gospel of John, Right? John 3.16, for God loved the world in this way. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. The people want to know, where's the justice you promised God? And God's response is, oh, it's coming. I am sending you my very best. And He is going to bring in a new covenant that will no longer be based on your performance, but it will be based on His perfection. And it's going to be a covenant of grace, not of works. He is coming, but I want you to know what it's costing me. It's costing me my one and only Son. That's why John 3.16 uses that phrase. My one, because He is precious to God. That's what it costs, the new covenant. God has given us his very best. Friends, I, listen. Every time we are tempted in our Christian walk to just kind of send it in. Oh, well, whatever. You know, we'll go to church every once in a while. We'll, I don't know, put a few bucks in here. We'll, you know, I, I don't know. I, maybe I'll pray today. Maybe I won't. Uh, every time we're tempted to do this thing half-heartedly because that's what they were doing. Israel was half-hearted in their words. Every time you're tempted to send it in, or, or to do it halfway, or to just, well, what, this is good enough, it's fine. I, I know that, that there, God calls me to live up here, but I'm just going to live around here somewhere and trust that grace. Every time you're tempted to half-heart it, every time I'm tempted to half-heart it, I need to remember who God sent for my sake. And it was his very best, Jesus. And that, that says of me, I need to give my very best. Right? Does that make sense? Leads to our last point. That God wants our very best because he knows what's best for us. Say that again. God wants our very best because ultimately he knows that that's what's best for us. Malachi chapter 3, again, verse 8 through 10. It says, Will a man rob God? 
Yet you are robbing me. How do we rob you, you ask? By not making the payments of the tenth and the contributions. You are suffering under a curse, yet you, the whole nation, are still robbing me. God says, here's the answer. Bring the full tenth, the full tithe, into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me in this way, says the Lord of armies, and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing for you without measure. Please, please hear this this morning. Maybe if you don't hear anything else. Giving your best unto God is actually in your best interest. Okay? Now, I say that because we're selfish people. We always want to know, well, what's in it for me? Here it is. Ready? Here's what's in it for you. Giving your very best to God is actually in your best interest. That's the truth, right? It's what you're designed by God to do. You're actually made to be spectacular. In, in, in whatever area he's given, he, you're actually made for excellence. Like you're made for more. We're made not to be couch potatoes, right? Not, not to just sit around. We're, we're made for great things because God, not that we can do them on our own, but that, that through God we're capable of actually transforming eternity. We're capable of bringing about generational change through the power of Christ in us. It's what we're designed to do. And here's the crazy thing. Somehow, it seems to actually unlock a certain blessing of God that you will not receive otherwise. Can I say that again? Giving your best to God somehow... I can't tell you how. I know we want the ins and outs. Well, how much? What, what, what percentage return is that, Pastor? If I give 10%, do I get, like, because a 10% return would be fine with me. I mean, that's better than the market right now. What, what, what is it? I, I can't tell you what it is. I can't tell you how it works. I can tell you that the Word of God says that there is some kind of certain blessing that God withholds unless we bring our best. And when we do, say, what, what amount is the return? I, I don't know, but it involves a flood. That's all I got. That's all I got. He says, I'll open the floodgates. I, I don't know if you've ever seen a flood. Any, anybody ever been around like a dam when it, when it floods? Uh, when they have to open the floodgates, it is insane. The rushing water splashing over banks and making... I, I mean, I, I've literally seen the floodgates up in the Canyon Lake area open up and it created a whole new route for the river. You're like, whoa, that's impressive. Such a difference, it, it, it's, no, it, it's no longer the same. It's not the way it was. It's something entirely new. I'm saying that that's the language that God uses in Malachi 3, 8, and 10. Maybe that's why Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God because he knew that God made us to give our best in everything and that when we do, God blesses us. So what, what do we do with the book of Malachi? I think it's pretty straightforward. You guys could probably write this application point. So I, I don't claim to be a great scholar. 
just think this is what the text would lead me to if I were you, and I am. So we need to give God the glory that he deserves. Our very best in what? In some things. In one thing. Let the other, in everything. Give God the glory that he deserves by doing our best in everything. Now, you may think that sounds exhausting, Pastor. See, because we have in our mind that giving my best means that I'm on top all the time, right? Isn't that, isn't that what you think? Think, I give my very best. You think you've got to be the first in the class. That's not what you're very best. I, I tell my kids all the time, I do not care necessarily what grade you bring home unless it's a C. Um, no, joking. That's where our conversation begins. Though. So listen, I, I don't care if it's A's or B's, or I, I don't even care if they get a C if I've watched them give their very best. If you're in advanced physics and, and you are stressing out and I constantly see you working through equations and trying to figure, if I watch that with my own eyes and my kid brings home uh, you know, a, a C, a D even, but I, I watch the struggle and be like, dude, you did your very best. I'm so proud of that D. That's a, that's a great stinking D, bro. Come here, bring it in, right? I'm, I, I'm serious. You think I'm joking. Be like, I guess you're not going to be a physicist, but amen, man, way to go. We'll find some other science to take. Because you did your very best. I'm not saying you have to be first in your class. I'm not saying that you have to stand out in society. I'm saying that in everything you do, if you are honestly before the Lord, making it a sacrifice unto Him, and going, God, I'm, I'm going to love the best I can today. God, I'm, I'm going to be kind the best I can today. Lord, I'm going to be generous the best I can today. Lord, I'm going to be patient the best I can today. Right? God, I'm, I'm going to be joyful the best I can today. Man, I think that's what it's about. God, I'm going to give you the best I have today. And if we do, I believe the Lord will bless it. Uh, I wrote this. Um, well, I didn't write it. Okay, I'm going to say this. When I say I wrote it, I was driving. I did not write it. I, 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 <clears throat> I said, hey, Siri, take a, take a note. So I do this a lot. I'm driving. Things come to me. So I was like, hey, Siri, take a note. And, uh, and this is what came to me, thinking about the, the glory that God deserves. Ready? If the glory of God matters more than anything else in our lives, what does that look like, right? If the glory of God matters more than anything else in your life, it will take precedence over our politics. The glory of God will take precedence over our personal opinions. The glory of God will take precedence over our laziness. The glory of God will take precedence over our sinful desires. The glory of God will take precedence over our desire for wealth or safety or security. The glory of God will take precedence over health in our life. The glory of God will take precedence over allegiance to any uh, government or, or nation, you name it, right? Uh, any club, it, it'll take precedence over any prejudice that we might have. If the glory of God is the most important thing in your life, all of the rest will melt away. And I believe that's what the book of Malachi is all about. That's what God wants. And that's what He deserves. He deserves our very best.
That's what he deserves. So, a couple things may want to happen. Maybe um, we had our offering earlier, and you're like, I need to change that check. Uh, That's fine. You can do that. You can do that. But I think more holy, the message is about our constant sacrifice before God. And maybe you came in this morning and you know you haven't been getting up and you haven't been reading your word and you haven't been praying, right? You're like, I haven't been serving. I haven't been, you, kind of feel, you just know. So here's what I'm going to challenge you to do this week. Pray, pray. Go before God and say, God, show me what my very best looks like for you. And then you start. That very day, you start. And you say, okay, God, today help me do my best. Now hear me, are, are, are you going to kill it in everything? You think so? I fail every day in more than one area. When I lay my head on my pillow, I don't make excuses. Let's not do that. Let's not decide, well, that's just the way it is. Say, God, forgive me and give me the strength to do better tomorrow. And you wake up the next day and you begin your day. All right, Lord, help me do better than I did yesterday. I want to live for your glory. God will honor that prayer. He'll honor that prayer, all right? I'm going to pray for us. Miss Catherine has a few announcements. Thank you for uh, putting up. I say putting up. Shouldn't be putting up with, but I know the, the minor prophets are hard to study. They're hard to study. Uh, coming up uh, on, a, on a Sunday and hearing four chapters or 14 chapters of Scripture or little pieces of it is hard to do, but uh, I'm really proud of you for showing up. I hope it's been good. I hope the Lord has blessed you, and I hope he'll continue to do that. Let me pray for us. Father, thanks for loving us. Uh, Lord, I pray this word would come alive in us. It's much, much needed. Father, we want to continue to pray for those that are sick, those that are hurting. I know there's a lot of COVID around. We want to specifically continue to pray for our brother Chris, who's been put on a ventilator. And Lord, we're just praying for miracles. Praying for miracles. God, do what only you can. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.